Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Have you ever been watching a movie and come to a scene with a mob that is all fired up and ready to go, you know, with pitchforks and, and torches ablaze? Well, maybe it's it's from Shrek or or even the, this iconic one from Beauty and the Beast. Here it is. Not safe till his head is mounted on my wall. I say we kill the beast. Safe until he's dead. He'll come stalking us at night. Set to sacrifice our children to his monstrous oh. appetite. He'll wreak havoc on our village if we let him wander free. So it's time to take some action, boys. It's time to follow me. The mist through the woods, through the darkness and the shadows. It's a nightmare, but it's one exciting ride. <laughs> Say a prayer, then we're there at the drawbridge of a castle, and there's something truly terrible inside. It's a beast. He's got fangs, razor sharp ones, massive paws, killer claws for the feast. Oh. Hear him roar, see him foam, but we're not coming home till he's dead. Good and dead! Kill the beast! No, I won't let you do this. If you're not with us, you're against us. Bring the old man. Get your hands off me. We can't have them running off to warn the creature. Let us out. We'll rid the village of this beast. Who's with me? Push, march your horse. Screw your courage to the sticking place. We're counting on Gaston to lead the way. Through a mist, through a wood. We're within a haunted castle. Something's lurking that you don't see every day. It's a beast on a storm and a mountain. Have you ever wondered in real life if this kind of thing could really happen? Well, how could a group of people get so emotional that they could go do anything? Well, we see this kind of thing throughout history. The the Crusades is is a great example of this. Uh, Catholic popes would rally an army of people together and go to distant lands and give the people their their choice of either proclaiming Christ or be put to death. <laughs> Whoever thought this was biblical or or even a good idea, you know, but it happened. And have you ever thought about how hard it is to get a bill passed through the legislature and the time it takes to do that? You know, if, if somebody has a, a really good idea for something, first the bill has to be introduced uh, to either the House of Representatives or the Senate. And then if it's a, if it has to do with money, then it has to go to the House uh, and, and it goes uh, to a House committee. That committee has to bring it up uh, for a hearing, and sometimes it doesn't even make a committee hearing. If it passes that committee, it may even have to go to another committee where it may not even be brought up. And it has to have more hearings, and it has to pass that committee. And if it completes all of that, then it goes to the 
floor of the House for discussion and for amendments. And there's an amendment process and, and a vote. And if it then passes all of that, it then has to go over to the Senate. <laughs> it has to do that all over again on the Senate side. And if it passes the Senate, then it goes to a joint committee made up of both people from, from the House and from the Senate to rectify the differences between the House and the Senate bills and to be voted on it, uh, voted on again by both houses, that rectified version. And if it passes all of that, then it goes to you know either the president or the governor, wh- whichever legislature you're talking about, to be signed or even vetoed. And a bill has to go through all of that to finally become law. And even then, it could be struck down by the Supreme Court as unconstitutional. So <laughs> that is quite the process for an idea to then finally become law. So why did our founding fathers make it so difficult and time-consuming for an idea to become law? Well, because they knew that the chances of a bill surviving all of that meant that if it did, it was a good idea. Most likely, anyway, right? They understood human nature is the point. And the fact that we could get emotional and all riled up over certain things. You know, there are always going to be things that come up that get people to rally together and and demand new laws. (laughs) These these, uh, may or may not even be good laws. But to the mob at the time... And together with leaders like well, Gaston, in this case, they, they love to just pour gas on the fire. The mob demands change. But if a bill has to go through all of that, then it allows emotions to subside and to clear heads to take over um, and, and consider it. To, it has to be a really good idea and these clear heads can can better assess that. I had a, a pastor that told me that emotions don't have brains. <laughs> and I really like that statement. I've I've thought about that a lot over the years. Emotions don't have brains. And he he was not saying that emotions were bad, but that you you should not make decisions based on them and them alone. And my mom, for example, made the choice to, to not make any major decisions until a number of months had passed after my father's death. And I really consider that as smart. It gave her time to let the emotions of his death subside enough to make better decisions. But there are those that will play on the emotions of the mob for their own purposes. BLM and Antifa, for instance, are just some of these kind of groups that try to use the emotions of a situation to motivate a mob for their own purposes. And here's an article that came from lawenforcementtoday.com and Gregory Hoyt. It starts out this way. It says, it looks as though Antifa cells in Portland, it's referring to Portland, Oregon, no longer want to have BLM protesters among them. (laughs) Obviously, that caught my attention, right? As evidenced by one of the most prominent Portland-based Antifa Twitter accounts that spreads cells 
to action regarding where to in, encourage protesters and rioters in the open. Now, let me just say that there was a there was a shooting. There was a police shooting just not more than probably a week ago of a 30-year-old white man. They specifically had to release his race as being a white man so as to keep the protests to a minimum, right? I mean, I mean, here, here they are releasing his race and say, okay, hey, wait, 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 <laughs> don't, don't protest, don't get all upset. We're just talking about a white man here. <laughs> I mean, anyway, so here's, I continue with the article. It says, quote, we plan on occupying, and you're talking about occupying this park where he was killed, until the Portland Police Bureau is charged for the murder they committed today. They call it a murder. The Portland Police Bureau is defunded at least 50%. And they put in quotes, abolition would be preferable. (laughs) And Lens Park, where this took place, is renamed by the indigenous peoples of the land we live on. So get this, quote, at this occupation, there is no room for peace police, they call them, swoopers, security teams, um, authoritarian uh, discussion making, streamers, etc., based on the principles of anarchism and anti-authoritarianism. But here's the best part. I mean, I mean, the fact that they're openly calling for anarchy is, I, I could do a whole podcast on that. But here's the best part. Listen to this. To be clear, Black Unity and BLM Squad are not welcome at the occupation because all they do is bring megaphones to exploit Portland's white guilt and swoop mm, poop. (laughs) A black comrade called for this poop and they got no tolerance for swooper liberal efforts. (laughs) I changed it just a little bit because it's a family show. Quote, if you see a swooper, it's on site. Now, this is amazing. Not only is this Antifa group justifying the uh, proclamation that BLM isn't allowed at their occupation because a black person they know called for this stuff, but they are also advocating to attack members of BLM that show up with their calling of, if you see a swooper, it's on site. And what they're saying is if you see somebody from BLM, they're just swooping in, then, then you need to go ahead and attack them. Portland Antifa cells, which hijacked the BLM movement and messaging in 2020 are worried about the movement they hijacked, getting basically hijacked back by another BLM group. (laughs) You don't, you just can't make this stuff up. But, you know, BLM and Antifa are not the only groups that play to the mob. 
And this is from Lars Larson. He said, just 100 days ago on January 6th, President Donald Trump stood on a stage in our capital and told a rally, quote, and this is his quote, everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, unquote. The Democrat-controlled House of Representatives impeached Trump for those words, claiming he inspired a deadly riot. This past weekend, though, Democrat firebrand Maxine Waters decided to pour her own special brand of gasoline on riots that have gone on in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, for six days. And here is what she said. What should protesters do? Well, we've got to stay on the street. Uh, And we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we mean business. Quote, we've got to stay on the street? We've got to get more confrontational? This isn't the first time Mad Maxine has pushed for confrontation from the crowds. During the Trump presidency, she told a crowd, if you see anybody from that cabinet in in restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome. What, you don't believe me? Here's the clip. Judge for yourself. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Question is, will Maxine Waters' own party hold her accountable for comments that fuel the fire? threatened in Minnesota after the shooting death of Dante Wright and the implementing uh, of the jury decision in, in the trial of, of a Minnesota uh, you know, cop accused of murder in the, in the death of George, George Floyd. And, and if the Democrats duck that duty, which I expect they will, will Republicans stand up and take her on or chicken out and stay silent? You All you have to do is look to other leaders. I mean, there are other leaders that are actively helping riders because they believe in their cause. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler and District Attorney Mike Schmidt uh, in, in the Northwest there uh, are just two examples of this. Portland is a disaster area because of, of the homeless problem that, that they're uh, uh, furthering there and, and protests and riots. And and this is from the Portland Tribune and Hannah Lambert. Uh, it's in, the article is entitled 91% of Portland protests arrests not being prosecuted. 91%. Right now, there's a lot of people that are emboldened to just do whatever they want. Uh, Gabe Johnson, a co-founder of the Coalition to Save Portland, told Coin6 News. Out of more than a thousand arrests reported by the Portland Police Bureau and other local law enforcement since late May 2020, 
only about 8.4% of the cases are still open, according to the court records. The rest have been dismissed or listed as no complaint, which means that the authorities are not currently pursuing charges. Quote, if the police want to arrest 50 people a night, then okay, that's that's what they're going to do. Braxton, uh, with with the uh, black, this is this is a, a guy by the name of Braxton. He's with the Black Unity PDX, and he told this to Coin Six News. He said, "Quote: Their jail is too small. They don't have room for that many people, and the DA isn't going to be prosecuting anymore. So we won that too. Did you hear what he just said right there? So we won that too. He said then." He said, quote, then you get no complaint on your court date, he added. So it is like, why are you arresting people? I mean, they know what's going on. These rioters know what's happening. They're not dumb. They, they can see their, their friends and, and themselves not getting, you know, they, they may get arrested. They may, we just had a, a situation where where some, this, this gal in Portland um, set uh, a building on fire. This was after she got arrested. They took her down. They, they booked her. They released her that night. She went back to the protests and the riots and she then set a building on fire. It's happening just like that. But, you know, there are good leaders that are taking action. And this is from the gophercentral.com. And it was, just from uh, April 20th, and it says, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday signed an anti-riot bill into law, increasing penalties for people who participate in unruly protests. See, there's, there's good news. The measure, which goes into effect immediately, increases the charge for protesters who destroy historical structures, such as flags and memorials, raises the charge for battery on a police officer to a minimum of six months in jail and bars protesters arrested during a riot from posting bail until after their first court date. It also grants uh, civil legal immunity to individuals who drive through roads blocked off by protesters and makes blocking a highway a felony offense. Now I'm going to stop right there. Uh, I was just listening to one of the legislators there in in Florida, and they, what they're saying is you can't just drive your car through a, a bunch of people at 30 miles an hour or whatever. That's not what it's what it's talking about. What it's talking about is when a a riot will surround a car and they'll start beating on that car and they're they're trying to break the windows and they're trying to grab people for, you know, inside the car and drag them out. Uh, that, that if, if you have, if you find yourself in a situation where your car is surrounded like that and, and, and your life is threatened, you can, you don't have to completely stop. You can keep moving through that crowd and can, and that will be considered self-defense. Cities also will be required to receive approval from the state before cutting their police budgets. During a press conference announcing the signing, DeSantis, a Republican, 
hailed the legislation as, quote, the strongest anti-rioting pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. In Florida, we are taking an unapologetic stand for the rule of law and public safety. We are holding those who incite violence in our communities accountable, supporting our law enforcement officers who risk their lives every day to keep us safe and protecting Floridians from the chaos of mob violence, he said. Supporters of the legislation said that it would um, maintain the right to protest while protecting law enforcement. And it definitely seems like those are good things to have passed. Those are good laws to have on the books. Quote, we respect the right of people to peacefully, peacefully assemble and to make their views known on issues of public policy. But rioting, violence, and destruction of property cannot and will not be tolerated in Florida. Unquote. Florida, this was Florida House Speaker Chris Sprawls. Uh, the Florida branch of the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, however, announced the measure or denounced the measure and in saying that it criminalizes peaceful protests. It criminalizes peaceful protests. They said, to be clear, the goal of this law is to silence dissent and create fear among Floridians who want to take to the streets and march for ju uh, justice. And that comes from Micah Kubik, the executive director of the ACLU in Florida. Now, it should be, uh, and, and, and here, here's a quote right here. It says, it should not be a crime to exist in public space. Yet that's exactly what Governor DeSantis has done. Criminalize being at a protest just because someone else does something wrong. <laughs> okay. They say that this is criminalizing protests, even though they could not point out one part of the new law that, exact, that does exactly that. If you ask anybody to, to look at this law and to point out how this criminalizes people who want to protest and, and, and um, exercise their First Amendment right, they can't point to anything in the law. This is not outlawing protesting. This is outlawing rioting, which is a completely different thing. Again, another group, this time, it's the ACLU, that is trying to play on the emotions of the mob for their own purposes. I am um, recording this podcast just minutes after the verdict uh, in the George Floyd trial. Uh, the, jury, and the jury has come back with guilty on all charges. And we will see who's going to try to use this for their benefit. I'm, I'm not saying that Chauvin was a good cop. I'm not saying that at all. But to say that beyond a reasonable doubt that he premeditated the murder of George, George Floyd looks like the mob is ruling, in my humble opinion. You see, these groups, 
they want to use the mob. They want to, to, to be the Gaston and they want to rally all these people's emotions and they play on people's emotions. They play on, on white guilt. Um, we've spoken in the past about how much of this race baiting type of thing is just a play on emotions. And oftentimes they, they target different individuals like, like white females, and they know that they can, um, they can get them to, um, to get rallied up with their emotions a lot easier than other groups, let's say. And so they try to play on the, on that, on, on, on a false guilt. And, and that's, that way they can use them to get their way. They can use them for political power. They can use them to get what they want as a group. And that is what I'm saying is wrong. We cannot allow that to happen. Even within the church, that, that has happened uh, on a number of different occasions where uh, pastors will, will really rely on emotions and guilt to try to get people to, to turn to Christ. And that never works uh, long term. That is, that is a terrible way of doing things. And, and in many ways, the church has learned its lesson of, of this fact. But politically, that's what's going on in our country right now. We see so many people that are, um, that are being led astray and, and, and becoming part of the mob with you know, not maybe physical pitchforks and torches in hand, maybe not literal ones, but figurative ones. And we see all kinds of stuff happening uh, because of that, all kinds of bad things that are happening within our country. And we're going to see. We're going to see again this with this case uh, just ending and, and the decision that came down. Uh, we're going to see how this is, continues to be used. But um, this is something that we need to come against. And this is something that we need to make sure that we're not doing, that we're using emotions of the mob and, and, making, and, and, and having mob rule within our country, because that will tear down our country faster than just about anything else. You may agree, you may disagree, would love to hear from you. You can always go to our website um, and, and you can uh, correspond with us there. You can email me, you can let me know, you know, of, of where I've gone wrong or, or where you agree with me. Uh, Podcast.com is where you can do that. And thank you for listening.